I show up to work. It's fucking, I still remember to this day. It was a rainy day. It was a shitty day. I was tired as fuck. Middle of the summer. Jim's fucking dead. I'm lucky if I can book two, three PT appointments a day because I'm, I've been in this gym for years, right? <coughs> this letter comes in. FedEx envelope. Manager looks at it, throws it in the trash. Now, for those of you that don't know, a FedEx envelope ain't fucking cheap. It's like a $10 letter someone's sending. It's got to be something important. I'm like, hey, I'm sitting in the office with the, with the manager hanging out. I'm like, yo, Christian, what's, what's that? He's like, oh, some gym that closed, selling for pennies on the dollar. You know, but Chris is not going to look at it. So the, Christian is the manager. Chris is the owner. Throws it in the trash. I'm like, what'd you say? He's like, some gym that closed. The funny part is, is life has a way of coming full circle. And this was one of the gyms I had cold called like 10 times and they would hang up on me. I would offer them 50000 a year to be personal trained in the gym. Yeah. And now they're closed. Yeah, that could have helped them keep that gym, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the funny part is I bought this gym for 50 fucking grand. Like $40,000 actually. Right? So I immediately start jumping up and down. I'm like, this is, this, this is it. This is it. God has sent me a fucking letter. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah. And, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Tony, cheers. We got nothing to drink right now, but all right. You got your Red Bull. I had one. We pounded it already. So I like to kind of give it to your viewers, your friends that are going to watch this off your social media, which you have a great following that you've yeah. built up because of the work that you put in. Uh, but Fireside America is about turning around and helping people in this fucking country. Yeah. And if more people did that, we wouldn't end up in the place that we are today. Yeah. Um, you're a guy that I see turning around helping your boys. It seems yeah. like your crew, your friends, people yeah. you know are are helping you build these gyms out. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're on a mission. There's more purpose behind than you just wanting to get that money, which again, we all want to make money. Yeah. We all want to have the nice shit that we have. And yeah. uh, you've obtained probably a lot of those things you dreamed about 10 years ago. You yeah. have already. Yeah. Um, and you still have your foot on the pedal. Yeah. So Fireside embodies that shit. I yeah. love guys like you. I love that chip that you have, the drive that you have. Uh, born in Bangladesh, came over here to America at four years old. You love this country. Yep. Um, one of the biggest things that I, I stood out to me out of all your great fucking content was you being pissed off about this flag that wasn't big enough, the American yeah. flag outside your gym on the outside part of your gym because yeah. you have an internal gym and you have an outside gym, which yeah. is fucking unreal. Yeah. Uh, everybody said that gyms are trending down 10 years ago while you're blowing up. Yeah. So you are everything that we want on the, on the podcast. Um, you're going to drop a lot of nuggets for people, so I appreciate you being here, man. My pleasure. So tell us how this journey started. High school, trainer. Yeah, so um, when I was 15 years old, I started lifting, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Every day after school, I would go to the gym, and I wouldn't really leave the gym until the doors were closing at almost like 11 o'clock at night. Um, it was about three years into training where I really, really fell in love into it. Like really read everything there was to read about it. Every magazine, every site you can imagine. I would just absorb the information. And, um, you know, I, I just I was about to graduate high school and kind of need to find a job to save money to go to college. You know, I grew up very poor, so my parents didn't really have a college fund for me. I wanted to go to school to be an actor and, you know, growing up with foreign parents, if they were gonna give you money, it wasn't definitely go to an acting school. So I was like, you know what, I gotta get a job. I wanna do something I really like. One of my boys was like, hey man, we should be trainers. I was like, trainers? 
Like, yeah, I'm like, fuck do we know about training? I don't go to school. He's like, yeah, but we know everything about training. We just have to scale it down for the average person. I was like, all right, so what do you got in mind? He's like, listen, we can make like 50 bucks an hour as a personal trainer. I'm like, 50 bucks an hour? Like, bro, get fucking real. Like, minimum wage is 550. We're gonna make 10X minimum wage with no college degree. They're like, yeah, bro, we can do it. So I get a job at LA Fitness. And for the first nine months, didn't even really know what my job was. I would train people every day that were assigned to me, but I didn't know my job was to sell. So I was in the sales side of, um, of, the fit, of the fitness industry working at the gym. My job was to sit down with Mrs. Jones, do an assessment, kind of assess her goals, gather up her past, draw from her experience, help her invest her that into the future by buying a training program. And then when they would buy a training program, we would hand them off to a personal trainer. You know, um, I didn't know I signed up for a sales position, but when I sat down with my manager at the time, because of my outgoing personality, he put me in a sales position as a personal trainer, as opposed to being a personal trainer that just same the same clients over and over and over. Nine months go by, I'm barely making enough just to pay for my drinks, my protein shakes, my pre-workouts, the bus ride, all the food. You know, when you're uh, really into fitness and you're meal prepping, it eats up a lot of your capital that you're making as a teenager. So nine months go by, I graduate high school, two months after graduating high school, I'm like, fuck, I really gotta get it together. One day, I, 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 I believe that life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. One day I go to lunch, I come back, there was like, I think eight people on the sales staff and like six personal trainers. We come back and everyone's fired, except for me. I have no fucking clue, I suck just as much as them. But for whatever reason, I wasn't fired. Mm -hmm. So my boss wound up actually quitting as well because the company was making cutbacks. They were really, really tight on um, getting the sales where they need to be. We're good. No, I'm just saying. Okay. I don't know if you want to get under the umbrella. Are you under the umbrella? You're good? Are you guys good? I'm good. We're good. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know what? All right, no worries. Um, he wound up quitting. We get, a new, we get a new boss. The boss just happens to be friends with one of the top sales guys in the entire country. Number one in sales, would always see his name on the chart. And one day we went to a sales meeting. My last boss never took us to the sales meeting. I went to the sales meeting, I meet all these guys that are making 50, 60, $70,000 a year as a personal trainer doing sales. And you don't really know what's possible for you until you see somebody else do it. So I saw these people making a fortune. You know, at the time, making $60,000, this is 15 years ago, it's equivalent to making like 100 grand these days as a personal trainer at LA Fitness. So I was like, damn, they're really fucking killing it. I would love to also do it. So I asked them, I'm like, what do you do different? They're like, well, we read. Leaders are readers. The only difference between what I know, the only difference between where I am and where you are is what I know. I'm like, well, what is it that you know? They gave me these books on sales. I had like $100 in my name. I went to Barnes & Noble the same day, I bought every book they told me about. And then I became a, a reader. I started extracting as much information as possible out of these books. There's two ways you can learn things, right? You can learn things organically, or you can learn it synthetically. You can learn through your own experience, which can take you a decade or more, or you can learn in 10 hours by extracting somebody else's experience. Because again, that person gathered up their past, they drew from their experiences, and they invested it into a book. So you can get a decade's worth of information in about 10 hours. Let me ask you real quick, yeah. though. Because you can get a decade's worth of information through 100 people and have too much information, yeah. and you have paralysis by analysis. So how do you extract the right information? Because I think that's what's most important. I believe there's a common denominator between all successful people. It doesn't matter what book you read. They're going to essentially give you almost the same information. 
You know what I mean? They're just going to be repackaged, reworded to fit their brand and fit their personality. Yep. But a lot of it is a common denominator. For example, we'll use fitness as an example. That's the equivalent to saying, hey, there's too much information out there in the fitness world. If you look at all these different fitness programs, um, you know, you, you're going to get paralysis to analysis. You're not, never going to get fit. Well, that's not true because it doesn't matter if you study bodybuilding, powerlifting, you know, CrossFit. Once you have that information, it doesn't matter as long as your body starts moving and you have a good, healthy, you know, nutritional regimen and you're working out consistently, your body's going to change. You have to deploy it. Exactly. That's a, I think the paralysis by analysis through reading all these books usually is the yeah. inaction. Yeah. People not taking the action that, you know, you obviously took. Yeah, well, the biggest thing is like when you're, when you're reading books, right, there's an, old, there's an old Chinese proverb that goes like this. If I hear, I forget. If I see, I remember. But if I do, I understand. A lot of people, they'll hear it, they'll read it, they'll forget it because they're not seeing it in the real world. Me, I was reading books on sales, then I was going and doing sales assessments literally the same fucking day, and then what they were telling me, I was seeing, I was feeling, and I was also doing, so I understood it, mm -hmm. and I was able to apply it right away, and I saw the results right away. So that then gave me more, you know, a, 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 a burning desire to go and study and read more because I just read this book, and I just doubled my salary, just doubled what yeah. I normally Why pay. would I do more of this? Why, why wouldn't I do more of it, right? So, and then I just started, I just, I just became an avid reader and I would just absorb the books. I would tear it apart and sort back together to fit me. What are your top two business books you love? Well, obviously it's Think and Grow Rich, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and uh, one of my favorites, the OG books, was The Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. It's the first two books I ever read and I would highly recommend that to essentially anyone. Mm -hmm. I, I fully agree. I yeah. love, I definitely love them. <laughs> Think and Grow Rich is like, I classic. Think, yeah, that and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Pretty classic books. Yeah. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, also a great course, yeah. great book. So as you moved into this training world and you start to crush it, you're motivated, you're passionate, you're putting the energy and time into it. Yeah. You know, where does this take you? Well, then this takes me to, uh, you know, earning almost six figures a year as a salesman, 18 years old, working at LA Fitness. I leave there go looking for better opportunities. LA Fitness at the time paid 5% commission. So eight years old, just for everybody, that's 18 years ago. Yeah. As an 18-year-old eight, making six figures, that's, yeah. that's crushing. Yeah. 17 years ago. 17. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I went for looking for better opportunities. So this company had just opened called Retro. Kept hearing about it, kept reading about it. When I got a job as a general manager, 19 years old, they were paying 10% commission. So for those of you that don't understand how PT sales work, we would sell on packages. So we wouldn't sell five, 10, or 20 sessions. We would sell 48, 96, and 144 sessions. I would sell 12-month programs, and I was getting 5% of the overall invoice, okay? So if I made a $2,000 sale- Did they pay the invoice up front or was tracked over 12 months? Over 12 months, they'd pay first and last month up front, but I'd get 5% of their overall invoice. Well, when I switched to a company, I just doubled my pay by collecting 10%. So if I made a $2,000 sale, just made 200 bucks. That's if you bring everybody over. Yeah. Well, no, no, this is in a new company in a new location. You know what I mean? This is not bringing existing clients over. So when I, when I worked at this gym, I was doing probably I'd say $80,000, $90,000 a month in sales, so that's about $9,000 in commission plus my salary, which was like 2,500 bucks. So I was bringing in, that year I did probably like $140,000. But it didn't, it didn't really take me much to figure out like, hey, I could do this on my own. I'm the one doing the sales, I'm hiring the trainers, I'm doing the marketing, I'm doing the managing, I'm doing everything, all I need is a space. Just a space. Sounds very fucking easy, right? So then I started go looking for spaces. A 3,000 square foot space, four to five Gs a month. 
gas, water, electric insurance, you're almost six G's a month, right? Then you gotta fit it out, at least 50 grand. Yeah, I was making money, but as a kid, I wasn't saving, you know what I mean? And 50 grand is still a lot of money, and that's just for the equipment. So I needed to make eight to 10 grand just to be broke. I said, like, ah, it's probably not the route that I wanna go. Plus, I'm competing against LA Fitness, Planet, Retro, all these big box gyms. I was like, there's gotta be a better way. So, in life is not what you don't have that stops most people, it's what you think you need. And it's not who you're not, it's who you think you're not. And I was educated enough by reading these personal development books to understand that. So I was like, well, I don't need my own space. I just need to be able to run my own business inside of a space. It doesn't have to be my space. Working at Retro at the time, I realized there was a company, it was called EFT, Effective Fitness Training. They had a personal training business inside of the gym, but they had the contracts for every Retro. So I was like, all right, well, they have every contract to every retro, but they don't have contract to every fucking gym out there. All I got to do is find a gym that doesn't have PT personal training company in there or it's not doing the PT themselves. So I got a list of every fucking gym within a 100-mile radius. And the reason I chose 100 miles is because if I drove 60 miles an hour, I would get there an hour and a half. I'd be able to work 12, 15 hours, hour and a half back, 18 hours a day, six hours I could sleep, and I can go ahead and repeat that cycle over and over and over and over again. I kept calling every single gym and I would give them my spiel within like one minute before they hung up on me. Hey, my name's Tony. I'm calling for Fahrenheit Fitness. You know, we'd pay you guys sixty dollars to $80,000 a year to be personal trainers in the gym. Is that something you'd be interested in? I would try to get through with the manager or the owner. If they say no, then I would just give that person my spiel. Every single person said no. But I didn't need everyone to say yes. All I needed was one yes. Kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. And I would call the same gyms numerous times because remember, every shift, yeah, someone knew. Different. Exactly. And you might be having a bad day today. You tell me to fuck off. You might be having a good day tomorrow. Or you're looking for an idea today. Yeah, or the manager might be by the front desk and you might hand him the phone, right? Or the owner might be by the desk. You might hand him the phone, right? Might get lucky. Or the owner just answers. Yeah, well, I got lucky just like that. I got a contract with Gold's Gym in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Sat down with him, sold him on me. At the time, they were doing about $40,000 a year gross in sales. So they were netting next to nothing after they pay the GM, the trainers, employer's taxes, they made no money. I came in, I offered them 50000 a year, straight profit. They don't have to do dick. Straight profit, I run the personal training business. The biggest asset anyone can have as a salesman, as an entrepreneur, or just really anything. If you're an athlete, if you are an actor, if you are a producer, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do, it's salesmanship. If you can sell your thoughts, feelings, emotions, you can get really fucking far in life. I sat in front of Chris and I sold him on May. He gave me a month for free. My first month free. Within six months, I made my first $150,000. Following year, we did $300,000. Year after that, we did half a million dollars. This is as a fucking personal trainer inside of a gym. I would sell so the training. Hold on, time real quick. Yeah. Was, was the brand that you brought in as the personal training making $500,000 or Tony no, was? I was. That was your net after you paid Gold's after, Gym? Yeah, they got fifty grand, regardless of how much so, I made. So how old were you now? I did that from the time I was 21 until I was about 25. So 25 years old, you're making half a million dollars a year selling yeah. personal, training. personal training. So I would sell the personal training, and then once I would sell the training, I would hand off the, trainer, uh, the, the client to a personal trainer. At the time, at my peak, like, we probably had, I'd say, 15 to 18 personal trainers working 10, 12 hours a day. You know, that's how Keaton started clients. his whole entrepreneurial career yeah. was selling training as well. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about it too. That's how Patrick Davis started too. Yeah. You know, he started selling memberships at Bally's. But it's the greatest asset you can have. I, I got to jump in real quick. Sales. Yeah. And you hit a, yeah. a, you know, you definitely drilled down the point. But like sales, this is a nugget for people watching. Like yeah. 
it is so looked down upon at times. Yeah. But if you could properly communicate, convey, yeah. and and get across those emotions, your passion, your vision the most, which you have done an excellent job, and we'll get into that in a minute, you, know, you can go sell anything, do anything, obtain anything. You were, and I talk about this in my, my group all the time, the pit, walking through the exercise. So yeah. you went and walked through the exercise of buying that empty space and realized, okay, this is you know six, seven grand, not really worth my time. I can go work within another business. I'm a business within the business and I don't take on the liability or the overhead. Yeah. I'm gonna go do something that they can't do, which is sell to it. Yep. Like, but he walked through that fucking exercise to discover that thing that he was looking for. Yeah. And most people are afraid to just walk through that. What did it hurt you to go look at that open space? You didn't have to sign on the dotted line no. and take it over. Yeah. But that was your balls to take action, and that's that's the gap that I see when most people, it's not even the most smart guys out there or the smart yeah. girls out there, it's someone who's willing to just take action. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the biggest sep separation from winners and losers, right? An entrepreneur or anyone that succeeds in anything, they jump off that cliff and they grow wings on the way down because your survivor depends on it. Yep. You know what I mean? So, like, the biggest thing is that most people, they're afraid to jump because they're afraid to fail. But failure and success, they're not two different things. They're one and the same. You have to fail in order to succeed. And if you want to be one of the best in the world, you have to fail. It's, it's a prerequisite to you actually you fail fucking being able to win. Could you get good at playing basketball unless you took the shots and you missed the shots and you got good at shooting? Of course not. Mm -hmm. Well, how can you get good in life and you get to the next level in life and earn more money, be a better entrepreneur without taking the risk, without failing? Because remember, every time you fail, though, and you start over, you don't start from scratch. You start with what? Experience. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be able to play that game better. It's kind of like when we, were, when we were kids, we play video games. You might get to level six on Zelda, right, and you fucking fail. But it's not going to take you as long to get to level six the next time around because you know exactly where the boogie traps are. You know exactly which way to go. You know exactly how to beat that game. Yeah. You lost me on Zelda because I'm <laughs> the worst video game guy ever. But I get your point fucking totally. Yeah. But I think what most people don't do is go and just say, hey, I can do that. So your limiting beliefs went from like, oh, we can make $50 an hour. You didn't believe that. Yeah. Your boy told you that. Yeah. To quickly going... I can make a half a million dollars a year selling yeah. PT training to, I could, why not me pitch, you know, these wealthy guys to go blow up fusion dreams with me. Yeah. Like that, that quickly accelerated in your mind, personal development books, the coaches, the, yeah. the robs of the world, whoever else you were working with, yeah. as well as you, you're special, yeah. right? It's, it's your ability to go do that. But anybody can do that. They may not do it on the scale that Tony's doing it or yeah. Ryan wants to do it. But if you want to be happy and make 400 grand a year, yeah. and to a lot of people, dude, that's a lot of money, and it is, yeah. right? Yeah. But to the guy making 40 grand a year driving 60 hours a week in a truck right now, yeah. he doesn't believe he can make 400. And you yeah. and I both know that he can make 400 just as hard as working as he is in the truck right now doing something different that he probably likes more. Yeah. What would you say to that guy or girl? Expand your mind. Your mind is just like a parachute. It only works once it's open. You know what I mean? And the, the fastest way to expand it is to surround yourself with greatness. And some people might say, well, I can't because I live in this town or I live in this hood. I won't be able to do it. You might not be able to physically surround yourself with them, but you can virtually surround yourself with them. Roger Bannister, I'll give you a great example, right? Roger Bannister was the first man that ever broke the four-minute mile. It was thought that before him that if you ran that fast that you would have a heart attack and you would die. Since then, hundreds of thousands of people have broken the four-minute mile. All it took was the belief that you can do it. So... 
the main reason a lot of people they don't believe it's possible for them is because they're not seeing the people around them being able to do it. Yeah, they don't but you exposure. don't physically need to be around them. You can virtually surround yourself with them. Just like the people sitting at home watching this video, you're virtually surrounding yourselves with me and Ryan. Mm -hmm. And that's how we met, virtually, yeah. you know, through Rob. And, and yeah. now, obviously, we've met in the flesh a couple times. But, yeah. like, these are people that I met online, I was observing, and there's yeah. a lot of bullshit out there, I'm not going to lie. This is why I pitched my coach, Drew, like, hey, I'm a real relatable, crazy fuck. Kicked out of high school, got in trouble, then, yeah. then, and then, and then. Everything that was batting against me in my world of my friends and my neighborhood was like, hey, you can't go do this shit. Watch me. Yeah. I got kicked out of eighth grade and then the junior year. I never got a GED and never got through high school, right? Yeah. Uh, got a GD later, but I never did that in my original path of financial planning. Yeah. So I walked out and someone said, hey, you can just pass this investment test and you can go roll over a million bucks. I'm like, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So this motherfucker could go tell someone to roll over a million dollars and I can make 5% on the bonus up front on that. Yeah. yeah. So someone expanded your brain. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. You know, how many people do you think that you grew up with that sit there and say, oh, I can't do that? Everyone. Uh, you know, so I, I, I don't have that thing. I don't have what Tony has. And the crazy part is they'll see me do it. I come from the same place as them, with less education than them, less experience than them, show with less resources than them. They watch me do it, and they still don't believe it's possible for them. And the reason they don't believe it's possible for them and the reason they're, they're not confident in their ability is because they haven't invested in themselves. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't confident because they don't deserve to be confident because they've put nothing into building their confidence. What was the first investment in personal development besides the books that you read? A person you invested in, a coach, a mentor. Tony Robbins, man. Brian Tracy. I mean, his shit is out there. I mean, now it's easier than ever it's virtually. Free. Yeah. You even got to pay for it. It's going you, on YouTube. Or is it a $100 virtual, yeah. you know, fucking dial into Tony yeah. talking or Nick talking? Or But the thing, the, the thing is, right, when people, because it, it's sold to us over and over and over that formal education is, is the road. Yeah. But formal education will earn you a living. Self-education can earn you a fortune. How can someone earning fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year teach you how to make $600,000 a year. They can't. If they could do it, they would be doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Those who can't do, teach. Yeah. Those who can't do, teach. Yeah. I. Uh, it's something that gets me riled up all the time. And it's also what burns. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's, what, it's the chip on my shoulder. Like, hey, you kicked me out of school. You said I wouldn't. You said this. You said that. It, it drives me to go win. Um, but I, I have fully seen, especially in the people that have come into my world of fireside ecosystem, people I want to mentor. Um, you know, the kid Trevor West is a perfect example, driving a truck, making 50 grand a year. That kid will make a half a million dollars this year. Wow. And he's, he's, he's got investors putting up 100 Gs, 150 Gs. He's looking at, you know, $20 million, you know, uh, real estate properties now from a kid who was just driving a truck that didn't think he can afford a Ford F-150 when he had no car trying to get into the real estate game. That was three years ago. Wow. That was just shifting someone's fucking brain. And someone did that for me. And I know you're doing it for a lot of the people around you. Um, so talk about fusion gyms more specifically, right? So you go and do this training. You're obviously doing well for yourself. When do you launch your first gym and what was that called? It's called Fusion Gyms. That was the first one. That was the first one. That was uh, in 2014. So it was right before my 25th birthday. I was like, you know what? I've been dreaming about it. I've been talking about it. I'm going to fucking do it. You know, I'm doing, making this kind of money as a trainer. Imagine what I can do with the full gym, right? So I started looking for spaces. I, you know, everything I read told me that you needed a million dollars, $500,000 to, you know, start a gym. Yes, 
you need half a million to a million dollars to start a gym, but that's not the only way to do it, right? Yeah. There's more than one road from Philly to your house. Mm -hmm. There's faster routes, there's slower routes. Mm -hmm. There's not one road to your house. So there's more than one ways to build a business, and this can apply to really anything. Again, it goes back to salesmanship. First things first, I had to find a space. So I started looking for spaces. I jumped off that cliff, I was like, I'm gonna figure this shit out. I figured out this training business, I'm doing really fucking good. I didn't sit there and I didn't think about it, I just did it. So I started looking for spaces. The more I looked at spaces, the more I learned the lingo. The more I learned how to negotiate a, a lease, the more I learned about LOIs, the more I learned about TI, the more I learned about free rent, the more I learned. I just kept looking for spaces, looking for spaces, looking for spaces. And God has a way of doing for those who do for themselves. So I'm looking for spaces for like five, six fucking months. Every space I look at, they want like 40, 50 Gs down. And then I bring contractors in, I'm pricing shit out. And I'm like, damn, I need like four or 500 grand. I don't got it. But I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. I'll sign this lease. I'll negotiate a year for free, okay? Because I know they'll, after looking at so many spaces, that I realized they would give me four to six months for construction. I'm like, if they're going to give me money for, for four to six months for construction, they'll give me another four to six months to get the business off the ground. So the space is just sitting here empty anyway. No one's going to lease it. So they're not losing anything by giving it to me. And then once I get the space, I'll pre-sell it because I've worked at all these gyms. I know how to pre-sell a gym, sign up at least 1,000 members. And then I'll use the down payments to buy equipment to get it started. I'll start with, you know, maybe 30, 40 pieces, and I'll just continue That's again jumping it. off the cliff, though. That's yeah. saying, hey, I believe in this vision. Yeah. I'm going to go get this space. I'm going to go sign this lease. Yeah. I got no fucking members yet, and nor do I have equipment, but I'm going to sell 1,000 memberships before I do. Yeah, and then on top of it, I'm like, my personal training business is making money, so, like, I'll just buy equipment. I'll buy five pieces this month, six pieces this month, eight pieces this month. Five months go by. I've looked at like a dozen different spaces. I've learned a lot. Um, and the biggest part of success is, is just showing up every fucking day. I showed up to work seven days a week, every fucking day from the time I was 18 until I was 25. I barely ever took a day off. If I did, it would be literally for like a day, maybe two days. Well, you were saying, you know, your, your, your family came in. Yeah. You had a ton of siblings. Your parents put together a house right across yeah. the street from the projects. And you thought that dinner time was 11 o'clock at night because that's, that's when your family came in yeah, after it wasn't, working. It wasn't literally until... When I was like, I think like 23, 24 years old, I didn't realize that the average person didn't eat dinner at 11 o'clock, you know, because I would train clients until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. They're like, when do you eat dinner? You're here all day. Oh, when I go home. They're like, what time is that? I'm like 10, 11. Like, you eat dinner at 10? I'm yeah, like, but yeah. Do, you, do, do you acknowledge that that's a, that's a motor that not everybody has? I'm not saying they can't. I mean, listen, it's whatever floats your boat. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not saying you need to work 16 hours a day to make a million dollars. You can work six hours a day. You just got to just be a smart motherfucker, know how to leverage your time, right? But the biggest part about how to... But you had to grind first to get to learn yeah, how you, you gotta to leverage learn, your time. You, yeah, you got to learn before you can earn, mm -hmm. right? First you learn, then you drop the L, and you earn, right? Yep. So, like, but you got to go through that process. Yeah. You know, like, all my gyms are running right now, making thousands of dollars right now, mm -hmm. just sitting here and hanging out with you. Yep. But, so... And you earned that. Yeah. And so, I show up to work, it's fucking, I still remember to this day, it was a rainy day, it was a shitty day, I was tired as fuck, middle of the summer, gym's fucking dead. I'm lucky if I can book two, three PT appointments a day because I'm, I've been in this gym for years, right? <coughs> this letter comes in, FedEx envelope, manager looks at it, throws it in the trash. Now, for those of you that don't know, a FedEx envelope ain't fucking cheap. It's like a $10 letter someone's sending. It's gotta be something important. I'm like, hey, I'm sitting in the office with the, with the manager hanging out. Like, yo, Christian, what's, what's that? He's like, oh, some gym that closed, selling for pennies on the dollar. 
you know, but Chris is not going to look at it. So the Christian is the manager, Chris is the owner, throws it in the trash. I'm like, what'd you say? He's like, some gym that closed. Funny part is, is life has a way of coming full circle. And this was one of the gyms I had cold called like 10 times and they would hang up on me. I would offer them 50,000 a year to be personal trained in the gym yeah. and now they're closed. Yeah, that could have helped them keep that gym, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the funny part is I bought this gym for 50 fucking grand, like $40,000 actually, right? So I immediately start jumping up and down. I'm like, this is, this, this is it. This is it. God has sent me a fucking letter. He's sending me, this is it. This is a sign. I'm jumping up and down. I get in my fucking car. I drive down there immediately. I walk through the space. The girl that's working the front desk, she's like, hey, we're closing at the end of the week. We're not selling memberships. I'm like, I know. I'm buying this place. I had no idea how much it was going to cost to buy it. I had no idea how to fucking fit You're it walking out. walking through I the exercise. Hundreds of thousands. But I'm just saying... I'm buying it. I'm imagining You're manifesting I'm vividly it. manifesting it, right? I'm painting this shit in my head, relaying the equipment out. So I call the real estate agent. I t again, go back to salesmanship. I sell them on me. My name's Tony. Here's who I am. Here's what I've done. I started this business with 700 bucks. We're doing half a million dollars in personal training. Imagine what I could do with the gym. Sell them on me. Comes by, shows me the space. He's like, all right, Tony, we're sold on you. We'll take you as a tenant, you know? I'm like, well, there's a caveat. He's like, what's the caveat? I'm like, I need the equipment. I didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars saved for this equipment. To fit out a 10,000 square foot space, you need about four or $500,000 worth of equipment. I didn't have four or 500 grand saved. So he goes, well, the equipment's not ours. But again, because I went through the process, I understood that if you have good credit and you have strong credit and you're a strong tenant, the landlord will give you what's called TI. TI stands for Tenant Improvement Allowance. They'll give you three, four, five hundred thousand dollars towards construction. Well, this tenant got half a million dollars towards construction. I know this gym was only open for a year. There's no way you paid this money back yet. So also going through the process, I learned you have to give a PG when you're getting money from the landlord. Yeah. A PG is a personal guarantee. So I said, well, what are you going to do with the money that they owe you? They're like, oh, we're going to sue them. I'm like, listen, you don't want to sue them because the only person that's going to win is your attorney and their attorney. It's going to be years before you ever see any money. And the way corporations work, good luck penetrating any of these other LLCs they have to get this money. It's not going to happen. Tell them you'll let them walk away from this lease if they leave the equipment. The equipment's worth 10 cents on the dollar, right? So it's half a million dollars worth of equipment. It's worth maybe 50 grand on the wholesale market. Once someone comes and buys it, tears it all apart, over the course of six to 12 months, they sell it, they might make 150, 200 grand. Tell them to leave the equipment. You let them walk away from half a million dollar liability, and they, they would only make 50 grand on this equipment. So they walk away. The landlord keeps the equipment as a part of the lease. I take the space and I get the equipment as a part of the lease. So now I get a million dollar facility, spend half a million on equipment, and you keep half a million on construction. Down. Exactly. I give him $25,000 down as a deposit. First month's rent, I negotiated six months rent free to get the business off the ground. I made a million dollars when I was 25 years old. The gym at the time was only five bucks a month. You're probably wondering, well, how the fuck did you make money? How'd you make a million bucks on five dollars a month? We know the $10 model works. So I just repackaged it and rebranded it. Planet Fitness was $10 of the month. So when they're brand new, they're fucking crushing it. I said, well, how can I make this seem cheaper and how can I repackage it? So I had a $69 annual fee and five bucks a month. Total $129. Planet, 10 a month over 12 months, $120. I'm $9 more. So I know, and I'm getting half the money up front. So I opened up. Within just a few months, I signed up 2,000 members. And I have 2,000 prospects to sell training to. Within literally our first month, we make 100 grand down payments from people signing up and paying those the annual fees and they're paying for training first year we make a million bucks i'm like wow it's fucking crazy 
So I, I went out there and I looked for more gyms for sale. I rinsed and repeated the process three more times in one year. So it literally went from no gyms to four gyms in one year. What were all the gyms doing? The first one, we were doing about 100 Gs a month. The second one, we were doing like 40. The third one, we were, we were doing like 30. And the other one, we were doing like 20. And you were putting up no like... No cash. No cash. You were just utilizing the system of it. leverage. Well, when a business is underwater, right, and you're stuck in a lease, you're paying that lease and you're paying to keep the business open. If the business is on the red, the money's coming from somewhere. It's coming from the person that owns it. A lot of times you can step in their place and take the space from them. They just want to get the fuck rid of it. Mm -hmm. They don't care the investment that they made, that they're losing. They yeah. just don't want to keep bleeding every they month. They want to get off they the They want to stop flow. the bleeding. Yeah, the cash flow is hurting. Yeah. So if you have the experience and you can show them that, hey, you're the person, you can convince the landlord and them that you're the right person, they'll walk away from the business. I yeah. did that four times. I got four facilities for literally nothing. But a lot of times, like, okay, you did that once, right? So I think for most people, it's like, hey, I went and did this. That is such a big hurdle. Like, people tell me all the time, like, Ryan, they'll hit me up, DMs, calls. Ryan, you don't realize how intimidating it is to go into small business and lay out 100 grand, do this. Dude, I'm, I'm told you about this fun factory like Dietrich had, right? Like, I'm not going into that with $3 million. That's what it's going to take. I don't have $3 million liquor right now with everything yeah. I've deployed, right? <clears throat> Seller financing, structuring a deal, doing different things, walking through the exercise, you make it happen. Then you can rinse and repeat. Most people stop at that first gym. They didn't yeah. say, I'll go get four. Yeah. I mean, right? It worked once. Yeah. Well, Why would it work again? Yeah. And if three work and one doesn't, you're still yeah. in the head. You're still in the green. Yeah. And I wasn't personally guaranteeing these leases. So if it didn't work, just walk away. <clears throat> we're going to take a short break. Yeah. We're going to jump back into this. We're going to go into Fusion Gyms a little bit more. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about some fun trending topics. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Taking a quick break in the podcast, I want to talk about the Pit 2.0. What is the Pit 2.0? It's made up of a huge network of people across all different industries that are solving problems, creating solutions, and also bringing together a lot of marketing and sales idea. If you want to get into a Pit group like this, it's very inexpensive, $147 a month. If you want to learn more about it, check out the links and the information below. Cool. So hopping back in, we took a quick break. We got the fire sparked up. You know, I want to move into Fusion Gyms um, and really talk about how you were able to create that opportunity for yourself. And a lot of yeah. times, you know, I think you mentioned luck at one point, but I know you know it's not luck. It's showing up every day. It's, it's, it's doing the hard work, focusing on the details, and then creating that one opportunity, that one person that changes your life. So... I want you to talk a little bit about how you met your partner who's helped fund Fusion yeah. Gyms and how you guys work in whatever capacity you do. How yeah. did you meet this gentleman? What happened? Tell the people. Okay, well, have four gyms, right? So we got to the four locations. Now, as an entrepreneur and as a young entrepreneur, you don't know what you don't know, right? So every mistake I made, remember, I got four. Make a $10,000 mistake, quickly becomes a $40,000 mistake. Make a $20,000 mistake, quickly becomes an $80,000 mistake. It wasn't long before I went from four to zero. So I had to sell two locations and I closed two locations, took the equipment with the two that I closed and I built our Grand Ave location. That one's been open for about six years. Got that one off the ground. Again, sold myself to the landlord that I would make it. Hey, yeah, these, and the, the, the funny part is one of the ones that I, that I sold he was the landlord in, and uh, he kind of helped me get out of that sticky situation, got the space released, and I had to sell him that, hey, this one's not going to close, this one's going to make it, because I'm back to me, I'm focused. You know, Tony can put out one fire, he can't put out four fires, but I know I can handle this. So Solomon made, our rent at the time was 30 Gs a month. I could afford 10,000. 
you know, for the members that I had. So $10,000 a month for the first year. I rack up a bill of a quarter mil. Following year, I'm paying 20 Gs a month. Now I rack up a bill of 120 Gs. Following year, I'm able to pay 25. I'm slowly building the business back up because remember, rent is just one small aspect. Well, not one small, it's one aspect of my overhead. Our overhead is 60 Gs a month. 30 is rent. Then the other 30 is payroll, gas, water, electric, insurance, and operating costs, right? So the business is making money, but I'm essentially living in the gym so I can save us whatever money I have. I don't have to pay money for a car. I don't have to pay for shit. I can wake up. I can work and go back to sleep, wake up, work. My office was literally by the front door. Were you sleeping in the gym? Yes, for three years until I moved into the house that you see on Instagram, right? For three years, slept in the gym, right? But I'm paying this, I'm paying whatever I can, and he sees it, and this guy's a wealthy guy, he understands what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. He sees I'm doing my best, he doesn't evict me. He puts the building up for sale, can't fucking sell it, because I'm the anchor tenant. So an anchor tenant is the person that's paying the most rent in a property. There's two tenants, there's me, and there's a school. An anchor tenant being a no-name gym is very scary, especially when you're trying to buy a building for $8 million. I can go out any time. Mm-hmm. What's my unique selling proposition? What separates me from the competition? You know, people, they look at the numbers. But facts and figures are forgotten, stories are retold. And I told that to my landlord. I was like, look, you've done enough for me. You didn't evict me. You allowed me to stay in business. Now I'm floating. Allow me to sell the building for you because all I have to do is sell myself. Residential real estate is dictated by your comps, right? Your comparable properties in the neighborhood. Commercial properties is dictated by your cap rate. Your cap rate is, you know, is how much profit are you making from these tenants. So I just had to sell myself to whoever's buying this building because they're not buying the building, they're buying the tenant. So these guys would keep coming in, I would show them the property, sell them on me, sell them why we're gonna be different, why we're better, why comp- we're not afraid of competition. We run towards the fire, not away from it. So long story short, this guy named Mayor comes in, me and him hit him off. He loves the property, he's ready to buy the property. There's a few stipulations in my lease that says I can break the lease and just walk away. I had a weak lease. He said, Tony, there's an, uh, I, I need you to amend this lease because the way it's set up right now, you can just walk away and I'd be fucked. So the bank wants less of a risk. They either want me to put down another million to buy this building or they want you to sign a new lease. And this is a new relationship. This, new is a relationship. New, this is a new person buying the yeah. building. And, he's, and, and mind you, I just made it out of the mud. Like we are just making money now, making maybe four or $5,000 a month. You talk about piecemealing and playing chess. You yeah. were barely paying the rent in the other place, yeah. sleeping there. Yeah. Now this guy wants to sell it because he wants to be out. And yeah. now you got to sell the building for him, yeah. sell the new guy. Yeah. And so um, life's all about finding problems, becoming the solution. I had no way of paying my old landlord the half a million dollars that I owed him. I said, increase the price by a million dollars. He's like, I can't even sell it for seven million. You mean sell it for eight? I said, yes, I'm going to pay you more rent. So that more rent will equal the building being yeah. worth more. Yeah, the numbers make sense. Okay, so you get a million dollars. You'll get twice as what I owe you. They'll make more money per month. And he's like, okay. So he said, this is for eight. I'm now, now I'm the one selling and not the real estate agent. They come through. I sell them on me. This guy wants me to sign a new lease. Don't go into relationships saying, what's in it for me? It's how can I add value to this relationship? What can I do for this relationship? What can I do for this person? Don't go in expecting. Just me, do me, me, without, me, Yeah, do it. Take, take, take. Exactly. Do without expecting, and you'll be surprised of the magic that can happen for you. Mm-hmm. Right? So he went to me signing a new lease. He's like, look, I'll give you a couple hundred thousand dollars to renovate the gym, make it really nice. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'll give you a couple months free rent. I'll show you that I'm a great landlord to have. I'm like, look, you don't got to do that. 
He's like, well, what do you want? I'm like, I don't want anything. Give me the lease. I signed the lease. He's blown away. Comes in, he's like, he's like, if COVID happens again, how are you going to pay rent? I'm like, I got this equipment business on the side. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, during COVID, when everything was shut, people needed to work out. That was a problem. I became the solution. All the equipment you see in my gym, I manufactured for myself to cut down my cost. So I already had all of the suppliers lined up. So when gyms were closed, I was importing equipment and selling it. You know, we were selling it from the aerobic studio. We were selling it. We had shipping containers in the parking lot. We were selling it from the parking lot. We were selling it from my girl's house, from the garage. We were fucking delivering it. We were making really, really good money selling equipment because no one had a place to work out. People that are into fitness, they need to work out. So um, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'll be fine. I'm like, I'll be able to pay you no problem. They're like, well, what's keeping you from growing this business? I'm like, capital. I'm like, by the time I sell it, I get my money back pay the factory, get the new inventory here, it's four to five months. I'm like, I'm leaving millions on the table. It's yeah, like if you not had, enough cash flow. It's like if you had a million bucks, what would you do? The biggest part of, of success is when preparation meets opportunity. A lot of people, they're waiting for the right opportunity, but they're not prepared for it. Mm. If someone gave you the money right now, what would you do with it? You have no fucking clue. You don't have the experience to do anything with it, and you don't have a plan of how to execute. I did. Yeah. Well, I had a warehouse. I had inventory. I had what I wanted to buy. So I broke it down for him. Came back a week later, brought his partner. He said, he's like, this guy couldn't stop talking about you since he met you. He says, we need to invest in you. He's like, tell me about yourself. So, sold this guy on me. A week later, they gave me a check for a million bucks. We bought inventory, fucking hit it out of the park. Right, and then at the time I'm building our Fearless Hills location, which is the location that everyone knows about. You know, it's huge and it's under construction, but I don't have the capital to finish it. Because again, I jumped off this cliff. Yeah. I said, I'm gonna figure this shit out. I signed that lease during COVID, right? When no one was signing leases. I took a 70,000 square foot fucking building when nobody was signing leases. But again, I played offense while other plays defense, right? When there's blood in the streets, fortunes will be made. No one wanted to sign a lease. This building that I occupy should be 100 Gs a month. I pay $30,000 a month for it. And that's and I right in, in Philly or right outside Philly? It's right outside of Philly, and I locked it in for 20 years. I had a 20-year lease. I have 10-year lease, two five-year options. So I was like, and I got a year and a half rent free. Because, again, no one was signing leases. They're not losing anything because no one's going to lease it anyway. Yeah. And I, I was like, well, as I make money, I'll just keep dumping it into the business. I'll build this wall, I'll build this wall, I'll put the electric in this month, I'll put flooring in the next month. Piecemeal it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, then the market crashes, Ukraine gets invaded and everything fucking goes to shit, right? Any money I had in the, in the market, in the stocks, in crypto, went down to shit. But life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. If that didn't happen, I wouldn't have done what I did next. I was like, I went back to them, I was like, look, I wanna raise capital. Here's what I'm doing. Here's my grand vision for fusion. We're gonna be the we're gonna be the apple of fitness. We're not just a gym, we're an experience. We're all things fitness. We have a restaurant, we're gonna have apparel, we're gonna have equipment, we're gonna have the facility, we're gonna sell franchises. Here's the full model we're gonna do. Then he invests $10 million into the business, and we finish that location. We I mean we, we revamp our Grand Ave location and it literally takes off like a fucking rocket, like a bat out of hell. But again, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. It's called your RAS. RAS is your, is your reticular activating system. When you have a goal set in mind, that's why they say that any, any great entrepreneur you listen to, any self-help book you, look, you, you read or you listen to, 
they'll tell you write down your goals because when you write down your goals they become vivid they become real and then your RAS your reticular activating system the part of your brain that is responsible finding for finding opportunities where you would normally see obstacles you're going to find opportunities you're going to start looking around you're going to start doing shit to get you towards that goal so I had that goal and I had exactly where I wanted to be and so where other people would see an obstacle like oh everything's going to shit right now no everything's going to shit so investors with money not buying real estate, but your cash can't sit in the bank. They got to do something with it that's going to bring them back a greater return on investment yeah, they need leverage than inflation, on right? And they need something that's going to bring them back capital. Money is the cheapest thing in the world. Everybody has it. Once you're a millionaire, right? Once you're worth 10, 15, 20 million, well, what do you want to spend the money on? Once you have liquidity in the bank, it's actually not a good thing. It's a bad thing because it's evaporating because of inflation. So they need to put it into something that's going to give them a greater return than inflation. So where most people don't try to raise capital because of the war in Ukraine, because of how shit the economy is, because Biden in office. They needed to put that money somewhere. And I was like, there's no better place for them to put that money than with me. Yeah, you're yeah. your best stock. Exactly. So I, I went there. I sold them on me. I sold them on the business. They invest $10 million into the into the gym so we can finish our two, uh, revamp our grand location, finish our federal sales location, and literally we take off like a fucking rocket ship. How many gyms are you at now? We're at three. Three, and, and you recently have been looking at buying this mall, which is like a massive square footage. Mini malls. Mini malls. Are, are, you, are you moving forward with that? What's going on with that? That looks For interesting. Every, Donald Trump is one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite entrepreneurs. He says, the person that cares less wins, right? So for every one deal you want, negotiate five. Mm -hmm. So we're negotiating five different leases. We're negotiating three different purchases. And then when they're all negotiated, we're going to put them all on the table and we're going to cherry pick the best one. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at, because of the NDAs we've signed, I can't tell you what malls we're yeah. looking at, but we're looking for, we're, we, we're looking at a few malls that they're practically dead. There's 80, 90% vacancy. There's no value to add. But with putting a fusion there, we're bringing a lot of value. We're making a, a centerpiece of the town. You know, I, I, I joke around and say, we don't own a gym. We're building a fucking city. We're building a town. You know what I mean? I call it the fusion verse. It's not just a gym, it's an experience. It's, there's, it's, the, it's your third place. There's three places in a person's life, right? Starbucks is a very successful business, not because they're a great at selling coffee. They're great at selling an experience. Mm -hmm. Howard Schultz is also one of my favorite authors, right? He said there's three places in a person's life. There's home, there's work, and then there's your place. Mm -hmm. I'm building your place. So if you work out or you love fitness, I'm building your place. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is not just the gym. It's your place. It's where you go to unwind. See your people, hang. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, so like at our new location, we just finished building our beer garden. So we have a full restaurant, fast casual restaurant, just like Chipotle, but flavors from all over the world. So you can go there every single day and not eat the same thing twice. And the, the menu changes every single month based on the season, seasonality of the foods and vegetables that are available. We just built a beer garden like beer and drinking and, and working out. I'm like, yeah, just because you work out doesn't mean you don't fucking indulge in life, yeah. right? People aren't getting, going there to get fucked up. They're going there, having a few Social. beers, hanging out with people that they can connect with that ha have a lot in common with. They're watching the game. They're doing work on their computer. We have super fast Wi-Fi. Like our beer garden is 15,000 square feet. And then our outdoor gym is another 60,000 square feet. The inside of the facility is 70,000 square feet. So it's an experience. A barbershop in your other gym. We have a barbershop. We have a salon. You know, we have a retail shop opening. We have a spa opening. So it's a, a community within a community. So that's why we're able to take spaces 
so large that most people, they don't have use for. Like you can pick up these malls for 20, 30 cents on a dollar. They might be 40, 50 million dollar properties we're gonna be able to pick up for 10, 15 million bucks. Now will you guys buy the actual property or just get it in a lease? No, they're so they're the usually malls, owned by big REITs. Yeah, and the REITs, they don't want these spaces anymore because malls are dying. Mm -hmm. Either malls, either your malls are fucking hit, like Cherry Hill, like Short Hills Very Mall, select like locations. King of Prussia, like your high-end malls, and then you have your neighborhood malls that are dead, that are five, 600,000 square feet. Well, once you put a massive anchor tenant in there, put batting cages, indoor soccer fields, indoor football fields, you have paintball. Is that what you want to add into that? Yeah, we want to build a sportsplex. Yeah. You know, we want to do all things fitness on our roof. And what is that, Lifetime is that big one? They have a bunch of pools. They have eight, they, yeah, Lifetime, though, their pool is bigger than their fucking gym. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they have like eight pools. They're building <laughs> one right off 109 in Red Bank by my office. Yeah, see, the problem with that is, right, they're building it for, not for the average person. They're building it for the upper class. It's $200 a month. Not everyone can afford that. It's a fucking mm -hmm. car payment. What's your gym going to cost? 69 bucks a month. It's going to stay 69 even in the big mall 69 space. 69 bucks a month. And everything else is out of cart. Like, you want to buy a meal, you're paying for that. You want a barbershop, you're paying for that. You want to buy some apparel, you're paying for that. You yeah. want to buy a But beer, it's a one-stop shop. If you want it, it's here. Yeah, right? Some so, months you do it, some months you don't. Exactly. You know what I mean? But the experience is here for you. Mm. You're going to go there. You're spending this money anyway. We all eat out. Yep. I'm just making it more convenient, more affordable, and more delicious. Mm -hmm. And it's on par most of the time probably with fitness. It has, it's completely on par with fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, listen, everything you're doing with this is fucking awesome. I, I, I'm sorry I haven't got out there yet. Yeah. We connected at Keaton's house, yeah. and uh, obviously I connected a little bit more with Rob, and Rob's like, dude, you got to get out and see this dude's gym. So yeah. we're going to come out there, dude. Come get on next weekend, out. man. We're having, hosting a massive event for Labor Day weekend. We're expecting six, 7,000 people. We got our, our son's baby birthday party next weekend, or is that the weekend after? We'll see it online. Yeah, I'll see it online. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get I'll get out there, dude. No doubt. What you're doing is awesome, and uh, I think everybody just felt that passion and saw that vision. Did a great job of conveying it. You obviously sell yourself well. Um, I want to get into some trending topics. This podcast is mainly about business owners, people who have walked unique steps like yourself, or someone who has walked a parallel path and said, "Hey, Tony grew up outside of Philly in Philly, and if he could fucking do it, I could do it." He's also, you know came over here when he was four years old. He wasn't born here as an American. You love America. One of the best things, and I said it earlier, was that, that flag move. Through and through, man. You, you love America, and you said it earlier, too. We were chatting at the bar. Foreigners, a lot of times, and we had a guy on from the Middle East who, who has the same sentiment, they have more an appreciation for the freedom we have, the opportunity we have, than the people who were born here and spoiled than, that are maybe in their 30s or 40s because they didn't go through anything really hard, and they're about to. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, imagine, like, rich kids don't appreciate money. Why? Because it's been easy. They were born with it. Yep. Right? We place a little value on things that we have to earn that's just given to us. Right? Most Americans don't appreciate America because they were born with freedom. Yep. They were born with opportunity. They were born with free education. They are born to be able to break past any class they wanted to as long as they put in the work. So they don't mm -hmm. really appreciate it. Things that are given to you in life for free we place little value on. And things that we pay for, we place the most value on. But the paradox is the opposite, right? The things that cost the most amount of money in the world are the cheapest. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how big your house is, it burns down, you can get a new one. Doesn't matter how fast or expensive your car is, it breaks down, you can buy a new one. But the things that are given to us for free, like our family, like freedom, like liberty, the things that were free for us were actually the most expensive things in the world because no matter how hard someone works in Bangladesh, unless they have the right person in America or, or fate lines up with them, they're not coming to America. You can't do this shit anywhere else. 
Yeah, and at, I think you can, but it's a lot less of a fucking opportunity. A lot less. The scales are, are not even debatable. So you talk about Trump. You love Trump. You love freedom. I, I think that this is one of the most real motherfuckers I've ever seen in politics. You know, being a guy that's been in finance for 17 years, I was forced to pay attention to what's going on in the market. Politics, yeah. right? That moves market. One idiot comes out and says something. The market's down 30%, 50%, whatever it may be. Um, And I saw Trump come in and say these things that have made me nuts for years. And everybody said, you can't do that. You can't come into Washington. You can't throw a wrench in the, uh, you know, you can't be the cog in the wheel. Trump has done every bit of that. And he has exposed the media. He's exposed dirty politicians. Washington, D.C., it's corrupt as fuck. And now this guy is arrested with a mugshot today for election interference. Yeah. How does that make you feel as somebody sitting there going, this is the only dude I think actually defending for you? <clears throat> I think the biggest thing is a lot of people, they feel like they don't have the power, that they, they feel like they can't, their voice doesn't matter. So most people, they call it the silent majority because most people stay silent because they feel like their voice don't matter. But it's easier now to be heard than ever before in history. 1776, there was no social media, right? Yeah, it was shot was no around the world, though. The only way to communicate is face-to-face. What happened to England? Did they fucking win or lose? Yeah. You know what I mean? One person can make a difference because one neighbor talking to another, one neighbor standing with another. You know what I mean? That's what made difference. That's what built America, mm-hmm. right? Yes, you, we, we as an individual can't be heard and we as an individual can't really make an impact, but if we connect with one another and we put our differences to the side, and see what we have in common as Americans, we can have all the impact we want. You know what I mean? But sitting on the sidelines saying, hey, my voice doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. The small voices make an echo, and that echo turns into a roar, and that roar can be the sound of fucking freedom. Yeah, and that roar is fucking Trump. He's fucking roaring. Yeah. And I think he's going to roar a little bit louder. Absolutely, bro. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, I wouldn't say that you and I are, are much different, but we're different, right? Yeah. You grew up in Philly. Yeah. I grew up here in Bricktown, yeah. right? I, I, I love everything about what you're doing, who you are. You seem like a great person to me. Like, I'll stand in lockstep with you any day of the week. Yeah. And there's too much of, like, the, the, the separation that the, the powers to be caused in America. Yeah. And that shit drives me nuts, yeah. right? Hey, I'm a white kid. You're going to call me racist. Fuck you. Like, why am I fucking racist? Yeah. You know, that's some bullshit. That pisses me off. I'm not racist at all. Tony can come hang out in my yard. Fucking yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Fucking, you know, Teddy, Juan, whoever the fuck it is, right? Yeah. Come hang out. You're a good dude. You show respect. You show respect to my family, my property. We're cool. Yeah. America's built on those people, not yeah. the shit that they try to point out, the little petty bullshit on extremes, far left, right, black, white, all the bullshit. If they can separate you, they can conquer you, bro. Mm-hmm. They, they can separate you. They can't, you can't unite against them. It's as simple as that, bro. You know what I mean? It, and it doesn't matter what you see on social media. It doesn't matter what you see on the internet, bro. Go to any mall in America. Go to any school in America. Go anywhere in America. There's adversity everywhere. Yep. You know what I mean? You don't see people fighting. You see it on this, and it's magnified. Mm-hmm. Because if it's magnified and they can, get, they can stir those emotions, they can keep you separated, they can keep you distracted, and they can, they can stay in fucking power. Like January 6th, or it's just them doing Or anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can blow up anything, but they can calm down anything. Yeah, you right? see that? You know the trending topic, that dude, he led the Wagner group over in Russia. Yeah. Supposedly his plane was just shot down. I don't know if you saw that in the news. Yeah, he was a guy that kind of pushed back on Putin. Yeah. I mean, who knows? We could have paid the guy $50 billion to yeah. do that and then made him disappear. But, yeah. you know, he's a guy that was wanted by one of the biggest oligarchs, if not the biggest you know, 
oligarch in the world, yeah. you know, the, the leader of Russia, Putin. Yeah. Um, do you think that he would put his name on a, on a flight that he was traveling on? Of course not, bro, especially at that level. <laughs> come on, man. Come on, dude. He's probably hiding out somewhere. Yeah, he's fucking chilling on an island already, yeah. protected as fuck. But probably from us, who knows, yeah. you know? Think about so many psyops that are out there. Um, what are some other trending topics that really interest you? Some stuff going on outside of business. I mean, uh, social media, man, you know? Um, I think Elon is doing an incredible thing with Twitter, you know, with freedom of speech. You know, I told a lot of my friends, you know, during that, during the elections, that you know, listen, they're gonna they're gonna try to silence us. They're gonna they're going to, you know, try to control the information that goes out there. And literally, my my cousins, my friends, my family, no, nah, this is not communist Russia. They're not gonna stop freedom of speech. I'm like, bro, they're fucking silencing the president, the sitting president of the United States. Yeah, they kicked they him They can off. do that to him. Yeah. You don't think they can do that to the average Joe? Mm-hmm. Look what Much happened. Much easier. Over, look what happened over the last few years. This is not America. Yep. You know what I mean? It's feels a third like world country. Feels like we're in a communist country. Yeah. And why is that? It's because it's called systematic desensitization. They systematically desensitize us little by little by little yeah, by little. Put them little in a psychosis. Exactly. They didn't do it all at once. They took all of these freedoms away, and they gave back ninety-five percent of it. Kept five. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it again. Yeah, you lose that tier, yeah. little by little by little. Little by, by little. little. These people, they're playing a game. They're playing an infinite game. They're not playing a finite game. They're playing the long-term game. They're playing, gen- they're playing by the generation. Mm-hmm. The things that they're doing right now are going to impact their children and our children. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I think Trump pretty quickly in, in, in about eight years, if you talk about 2015, 2016 to now, uh, I think Trump reversed a lot on that infinite yeah. thought process because what he did I talked about this last podcast he flipped his light switch on yeah. showed everybody this is what you can have this is just started this motherfucker yeah. give me 8 years 12 years 20 years of this mentality yeah. and then they came back in and flipped that switch right back down yeah. that every average Joe motherfucker who doesn't read like you doesn't yeah. understand cap rates like you doesn't yeah. understand P&L's like you yeah. is sitting there going well my fucking groceries at Trader Joe was 175 bucks for 4 yeah. bags and now it's fucking 275 yeah. He could feel that. My yeah. gas was fucking $2, now it's $4. Listen, they can only lie to the public so much because, hey, listen, most Democrats ain't Democrat no more. But someone had to step in and show the people. They had to I, walk them absolutely. through a discovery process and wake them up as fast. You couldn't just shake the world and go, hey, this is what they're doing. They're fucking kids. They're trafficking yeah. guns. They're doing this. They're doing this. We're we're bad country. You had to show the people. You had to walk them through a discovery process and going back to Trump, that motherfucker had the balls to do it. I mean... I, I won't lie, like, I think about it every day, like, yeah. are they going to kill this dude? Yeah. Like, it's crazy what yeah. the if balls... they could, they would. They, they can't. Uh, well, better way than to tarnish the name? They could, but it, yeah. they, it, would, it, would, it would be a lose game for them if exactly. they're playing the infinite game. Exactly. Yeah. They're, playing, they're playing chess, not checkers, you know, so mm-hmm. they're thinking of the ramifications their actions have. You know? But you, you took, you tried to do Russia, Russia, Russia... You went and fucking blown up a hundred different girls that made up bullshit yeah. about him. Yep. You then come after him with these indictments, indictment, indictment, arrested. And each one gets dismissed. Each one gets dismissed. Each one gets dismissed. hundred percent. And he tells you the whole yeah. entire way what's exactly going to happen, and it's happened. Yep. Right? I, like, if you're in this country and you're not paying attention to that shit now, like, like COVID, I asked you this tough yeah. question as a fucking gym owner. Yeah. Right? COVID comes back. You got all the fusion gyms. You got yeah. your partners in your shit. Are you going to lay down and fucking tell people to put masks on in your gym? Fuck no. Yeah. Like, most people got to stand up and have those balls and say, fuck my money, fuck well, listen, what's going to happen. they're either going to die by your sword or you're going to die by their sword. Mm-hmm. I'd rather die by my own sword. But that's what people need to get back to. You know what I mean? 
it's, it, it, I'm going to stay shut and you're going to put me out of business. I'm going to stay open. I'm going to fight you. And my, I might have a fighting chance. Like my boy I'm going to go with the might. You know what I mean? Like my boy Ian, bro. Yeah. Balls of fucking steel that dude had. Yeah. And he's, and he's still crushing. And he's making more money today than he ever did. Yeah. Yeah, he had some inconvenience. Yeah, he lost some money. Yeah, he had some stress. But he went and sold, I mean, how many fucking books? Yeah. Find Your Hill. I don't even know how many copies he sold recently. But I saw a fucking 10 pallets the other day stacked like 15 boxes high. Yeah. Right? Because that dude stood and put, put his flag in the ground. Yeah. And uh, I hope more people do that, especially in the fitness community. I mean, that was the... You know, you were able to go grab that discount on that building yeah. because no one else was leasing, right? Yeah. What were gyms doing? Going Not out. just gyms. No one was leasing. No one. But think about the yeah. gyms especially, right? Yeah. They were like, gyms and restaurants seemed to really be picked on. Yeah. And that's a service-based model. You're coming into my place, so you can't come in. Yeah. Right? So you were able to hop on that opportunity. Yeah. How many more people are going to stand up this time after they built what they built? I hope a lot more. I think yeah. so. 178 million watched Tucker last night. Yeah. Crazy. So you talked about social media, and I'm going to jump around as my ADD, and then we can round this out. Um, how did you meet Rob originally? Obviously, you were in the fitness world. How did you Try guys... Try to add value to others. Yeah. You know, so I've been following Rob for years. He had posted something. He needed a treadmill, you know, for his, for his home gym. He needed two treadmills. I DM'd him, hey, bro, I got you. He said, what do you mean? I was like, I manufacture equipment. Here's, here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's how I started the business. He's like, how much do you want? I'm like, I don't want anything. So we're like, he's like, well, Tony, I'll be honest with you. You know, like people offer me free shit all the time, but there's always strings attached. You know, I just want to be clear, like, you know, what, from the gate, what would you like? I'm like, I don't want anything. I'm like, you're just a bad motherfucker. It'd be an honor if you worked out on my equipment. And that's how we initially first spoke. And then he kind of like, I guess, looked through my profile. He liked me, you know, and he, uh, he wound up following me. And then uh, I, I was a part of his group. We had a first in-person, you know, uh, event. You know, I went, and uh, me and him spoke, and we immediately hit it off. Real recognized, real. Rob slept in his warehouse for years. I slept in my gym for years. Rob had a gym. I had a gym. We had a parallel life. You know, he was just a few years ahead. Mm -hmm. Me and him hit it off, and we've been friends ever since. Yeah, he is definitely a real dude. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people on social media that are, you know putting some fraudulent shit out there and yeah. acting like someone they're not because they feel like that's what's going to get them paid. Um, the authentic people, you know, yeah. get paid and, and live happy too. And Rob's definitely one of those real dudes. Social media for me has, has you know, got us together. Yeah. Yeah. Rob's like, hey, Ryan's got a cool little podcast. Yeah. Good dude. That's how I met Keaton, which which yeah. introduced me to Rob yeah. all through th social media. So I've, I've beat a dead horse for this to people that watch my shit every week. Like, if you are not on social media as a small business owner, yeah. or even as an entrepreneur selling, right? Fitness, yeah. selling, fucking, you know, cabinets, high-end cabinets, whatever yeah. it is that you're selling, your buyer is online. Yeah. Right? There's nobody not online. I think maybe if you're 65 plus, maybe you're not fucking with... You're on Facebook. Yeah. You're somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, maybe 65 plus, you're not on Instagram or you're not on Twitter, yeah. but you're somewhere on social media. So the buyer is below, right? You're 34. Yep. 34 years old. You know, there's a lot of younger kids that are going to come up behind you that are going to buy your products and buy your services for a long time. Yeah. Who cares about the people that maybe aren't on it? There's yeah. still billions of people on social media. Yeah. If I can get one-eighth of one percent of that, dude, that's a lot of fucking, a lot of people and a lot of money. Yeah. So social media is something that you continue to put out. Um, and I want to talk about content more specifically. I see you. Do you have a couple content creators? One. Just which one guy does all your yeah. stuff? And you guys are pumping out how many pieces per week, would you say? 
30, 35, busy week, maybe 40, 50 pieces, you know. How much are you getting ahead of that? Are you, are you putting, or is it all just like, hey, he does it, edits it right there and posts it two hours later? Yep. Yeah, it's no waiting, just dump it. Yeah. Just create content, you know, and we try to create content and just add value. Like, if you go to our gyms page, it's nothing about the gym. It's just me trying to add value to other people's life through my experiences and how I built my gym. And indirectly, people talk about my gym, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So. That's how we met, you know? Um, but it's really like, and my, my girls asked me a few times, well, why are you creating the content? What's the point? I want to add value to others. I don't know why. And you're also documenting it. Yeah, you know, but I don't know why I want to add value to others. But if it wasn't for other successful entrepreneurs that came before me and that poured into me, I wouldn't be who I am. I am who I am because of the people that came before me. So my candle lighting somebody else's candle does not dim my light it just makes the world a brighter place to live your abundance and you're turning around to help yeah. the next guy or gal in line which yeah absolutely there's so many there's so many mistakes i didn't make because of what i heard from other people mm -hmm. so i'm just trying to be that beacon of light for them that's fucking awesome round this out i asked two two questions typically first question is if you could tell any young entrepreneur business owner What's the one thing that you think is most important, right? As an entrepreneur, we can rattle off 10. What's the, the most important thing that you think? Uh, YouTube. Uh, replace that, you know, with watching TV. Mm -hmm. You know, like we are about to, we've done, so like a lot of construction that we've done. Like I, you asked me earlier, is that your crew? Yeah. So like, like the outdoor gym expansion we just did, we just built the beer garden Sick. and three full basketball courts. We did a 40,000 40, square foot build. We did it in two weeks. Something that would take most people six months of site work to do and going through the process. We did it in literally about 15 days. Yeah, because that's all in-house crew. Yeah, but I learned all of it on YouTube. So anything you want to learn, you can learn on YouTube. You can learn it for free. You don't got to pay a fucking dollar. It doesn't matter if it's carpentry, plumbing, electrical. And am I saying go start an electrical business, learning on YouTube? No, but it will give you the information and education to want to get started. Like, I've done electrical jobs, but I don't do the work. I know the information, so when I go negotiate with a subcontractor, right, guess what? I know what I'm talking about. I know yeah. how the job should be done and how much it's going to cost if I go bid a roofing job. Literally last night, and watch us in there watching roofing videos because we're about to replace a couple hundred thousand square feet of roofing between a couple buildings that we own and a couple buildings that, that we lease. And I'm literally learning it, so when I go and negotiate with my subs, guess what? I know exactly what I'm talking about. Same thing with building these gyms. Every aspect of my gym, from designing it to laying it out to manufacturing the material to the actual uh, building of the building, I've learned on YouTube, and I do the entire process. And I save millions of dollars doing it. Like our facility should cost 40, 50 million dollars to build. Like your typical lifetime fitness costs between 28 to 38 million dollars to build. We built our gym for literally 10 million bucks. A third of the cost and it looks way fucking better. Yeah. And it's way fucking bigger. And the reason being is I know where to cut costs. I know what things should cost and what it shouldn't cost. I'm not wasting money. I'm not hiring AGC to oversee everything giving him an X amount of dollars and then he goes and pays the people. No, I go to each individual sub, I negotiate all the contracts, I go buy all the materials and I watch the construction happen. So like YouTube will be anything you want to learn, absolutely anything from making music to making videos to becoming an influencer, becoming a YouTuber, it doesn't matter what it is, you can learn it on YouTube and it's free. Take the time. Yeah, or Rumble. It takes, takes the will and takes the time. Yeah. Got to be persistent and consistent. That's the first time anybody ever said that one. I like that a lot. Yeah.
Second thing, if you want to give a shout out to, you know, your partners or, or two or three people you want to rattle off that you want to give some love to, you know, we want to help give them love as well. Well, one will be my girl sitting right there. She's a rock my star. Rock. Came out with you. Yeah, you know, uh, it wouldn't be possible without him, you know. Um, it wouldn't be possible without her, I'm sorry. Wouldn't be possible without her, you know, because, you know, like every day I, get, I go home, the house is taken care of. Our kids are taking care of. You got curry on the stove. Got curry on the motherfucking stove. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and doesn't matter how late I work, how early I leave, doesn't fight with me. Uh, she knows I have a vision. She tries to be the wind underneath my sail. Not, there's two types of people in the world, right? They're anchors and they're propellers. People that hold you back and people that push you forward. You know, I can honestly say she's pushed me forward. My life has infinitely changed since the day we met. You know, even when we first started Relentless. The first ever investment that I ever got without even asking was for my girl. She gave me $50,000 towards our inventory. It's fucking and she was awesome. helping me sell it out of our garage. It's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, another, uh, uh, another person or persons I would like to thank would be Rob Bailey and Andy Frisella uh, because, you know, they motivate me every single day. They built something worth one thing to emulate, you know, Flag North Fail and First Form, they both literally started with nothing. They built something out of nothing. Yeah, Rob and, and Dana both from yeah. the fucking grind. And they're impacting millions of lives, and I love to do the same. Gary V, you know, like there were days where I didn't feel like getting up and going to fucking work, and I would literally put on his videos, and I'd get fucking amped up, and I'd fucking listen <laughs> to this motherfucker at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., driving to work. Ah! You know? He talks fast, yeah. man. Gary's a fast talker. Yeah, Andrew Tate, man, you know, he's the fucking man, you know. Uh, when yeah, I first, what's going on with him? When I, first, when I first heard him, like, God, this fucking guy is annoying. This motherfucker's everywhere. And, you know, but I didn't literally listen to the message. It's just, you know, Gary, I felt the same way about Gary Vee when he first came on. It was just sounding fucking annoying as fuck. It's probably how I sound when you first hear me. Like, who the fuck is this guy dropping that fucking bomb every fucking minute? Yeah, right? you're passionate. And I get then, that a lot, don't worry. Yeah, so... <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, the more I listened to him, the more I resonated with him, the more, you know, I respected him, the more, you know, I love listening to him. I literally listen to him and Alex Hermosi every fucking morning driving to work. 20 minutes of Alex, 20 minutes of Andrew. I'm just listening to him right, driving to work. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, those are... Tate's, Tate's over there in the country right now, and, you know, they, they're, they're pushing sex trafficking charges on him, which yeah. I've discovered it's is all really... Dropped. What, it was all dropped. It, 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 what they were doing is saying that because he helped blow up some chicks that were on OnlyFans, he was sex trafficking, which is just you know the fucking craziest charge ever, and something that obviously they couldn't they couldn't win <clears> with. <throat> but he, but during it, Patrick Bed David went and interviewed him, and he goes, "Listen, everybody says you know you're flying private jets. You know, let's just say he's got 200 million set aside, right, somewhere. Um, got out of jail and just." Drop this shit, right? The, the big machine would stop coming after him. Yeah. Like the big machine's after Andrew because he's out front saying it's okay to be an alpha male. It's okay to crush shit. It's okay to be a fucking winner. It, there's going to be losers. There's other people who aren't willing to sacrifice like I'm willing to sacrifice. Why should you have the same shit I have? Yeah. Right? That's a message that's against what's going on and they're trying to push, right? To the majority. And uh, Patrick said, why wouldn't you stop that? You have, a, you have a kid. You have a great life. You have a ton of money that most people dream of having or not even can imagine to dream of having. And he said that that's not in me. He yeah. goes, trust me, of course you think of that. He goes, but that ain't in me and I would never fucking do that. Yeah. And uh, we should all embody that. Like, you know, what, whatever it's at Andrew's scale or yeah. just in your community, you know, in your fucking town. And uh, who knows where that can take you in, in the future. 
So yeah. I love those guys. Andy as well. He's, he's preaching his sermon all the time. Yeah. He's putting the shit out that we talked about today. Um, and I've held back on a lot of a lot of the politics shit because it's like business and people don't want to talk about it and everybody's you a silent You don't want to talk about it. You're going to feel it. You're going to experience it. And that's part of your life regardless if you like it or not. Yep. You know, might as well. That's like having a broken leg and ignoring the leg. Yeah. But the only way to fix the leg is to look at what's, what's fucking broken. Mm -hmm. So it's not always pretty, but kind of have to do it. You got to chew on it. Yeah. Tony, this has been fucking awesome. You dropped a shit ton of nuggets. Yeah. I really let you run with it and yeah, I just enjoyed shooting the shit with you. Yeah. I'm excited to come out to the gym and, and wherever this relationship, whatever value I can add to you, yeah. dude, push it my way. I'll and try to versa. Yeah, do as much as I can. Cheers, brother. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to learn more about it, check out the links below.